All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Michigan Edition. Jeff here. What's going on, Dan? What's up, buddy? Feeling a little under the weather, but uh, I, like I said before we went live, by gone it, we're gonna we're gonna do this podcast. So uh, we're gonna dig down and put our head through it. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a kick ass football weekend, dude. Um, you know, I I got up, found out first off last week I found out I was getting promoted. So Congrats. thank you. Saturday I uh, I went into work, got a couple extra hours in in the OT, came home immediately at kickoff, um, and watched Michigan put a beat down on Penn State. We'll talk about that momentarily. And then Sunday, me and my uh, my buddy Jeff, he's been on the podcast a couple of times, but. Um, we went out to the Patriots game in Cleveland, kick-ass time. Patriots went all over the Browns, just great football weekend. Just seeing both your teams put a whooping down. There's no better feeling. And I, I went three and zero in fantasy football there you in go. my three, like three and zero. So feeling, and I won some money over the weekend too, betting. So it was just like all around, dude, I I'm on cloud nine. I feel like I'm undefeated this weekend. Like nothing could bring me down. Um, yeah, I'm on a high. I can't wait. I can't wait until <laughs> fantasy football leagues rankings this week from you. Yeah, they're they're gonna be fun. They're gonna be fun. So let's talk Penn State. Michigan comes into the game ranked number five AP poll. Penn State comes into the game ranked number ten. And this game is unfortunately gonna get completely overlooked because there were so many crazy games over the weekend, including Tennessee upsetting Alabama. But Michigan did something that I thought was very impressive, and now all of a sudden, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, Michigan's win almost doesn't mean anything. Um, let's give a brief recap. Michigan wins 41-17. But the craziest part of this game is it was 16-14, to Michigan's two-point lead going into the half, in which they had absolutely dominated the entire half. Uh, almost no yardage Penn State at – Penn State had almost no yardage at the half, but they did have a big 60-yard quarterback run, 62-yard quarterback run, and then a pick six. So it, the game was so much closer than what it actually was, and then they come out in the second half, and they outscored them 25-3. to three. So just all around, the score wasn't as worse as, as the game actually was, in my opinion. It just never felt competitive. Yeah. Um, before we get into all the stats and stuff, what what was your quick assessment? Um, just a straight ass, just a straight ass whooping, one hundred percent. Penn State had two weeks to prepare for this game. Manny Diaz and James Franklin had two weeks to make Michigan one dimensional, and they couldn't do it. Uh, whether Donovan Edwards, Blake Corm, they ran it down their damn throat, and Michigan's offensive line is looking better than last year almost. I mean, if not the same, and you know a lot of that credit goes to. Uh, Double O, Olawatimi up front at center, and they're they're just mauling them, man. They're just straight mauling them. Uh, JJ wasn't asked to do a lot, and this offense is essentially the same with him or with Cade. But the thing is, is with JJ, he makes those those extra plays with his legs, and 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 quite frankly, makes the throws on the move that Cade couldn't. And so, yeah, I just kudos to Michigan, man, making another. Uh, second half time, uh, second half adjustment, halftime adjustments. It, it stems even back to uh, Ohio State last year. I mean, close first half, and then doors get completely blown off. And then we've seen that pretty much in every uh, Big Ten game this year. 
Yeah, I just thought ultimately what what Michigan was able to do was just bully a very good football team. And you, you're going to see this happen as Michigan starts to beat teams. It's just, well, that team's not very good. Oh, well, that team's not very good. Well, they gave up 400 yards rushing. They're not very, you know, they can't be that good. It, it'll it'll never be to, to Michigan's credit when they do something. Um, I'd argue that Penn State did make Michigan one-dimensional. They could not stop that run, so Michigan, that's all they did. Yeah. They pounded that rock down their throat. And as you alluded to, when you have two weeks to prepare, traditionally speaking, you have an upper hand. Yeah. Coming off a bye, most teams, very good coaches, excel coming off buys. Anytime you're picking like NFL NFL games and you're and you're trying to predict who's going to be the winner, a big thing you have to consider is who's coming off a bye. They've had two weeks to prepare for this game. Penn State had that. Michigan was coming off what was quote unquote a trap game, okay, in which one of their top assistants had a very scary medical situation happen on the sideline. Michigan kind of had a really strange week, and there were so many question marks coming into this game. It, you know, they hadn't really played that real opponent yet. And they have this and that, and can they actually effectively, you know, pass the ball? They didn't even need to, you know, shockingly. I mean, JJ McCarthy, not to, not to take a shot at him. He was 17 of 24 for 145, no touchdowns and a pick that pick six, super fluky. Um, it, it was tipped and then it hit off a helmet. And then all of a sudden it's picked off and, and running back. So, <laughs> At the end of the day, what I think Michigan was able to do is take a, a good football team in Penn State, number team 10 in the country, and I think they're going to continue to win some games here um, and absolutely humiliate them. Yep. And I, I think that that almost needs to be recognized a little more. It won't be, and that's just fine. I don't see. I looked at Penn State's schedule. Outside of Ohio State, I don't know that this team loses another game. I think this is a good football team. I just don't think that they compete with with Michigan and Ohio State. And, and I, I said this I'll, before I hand it off to you. The one thing I've been asking of Hardball for as long as he was there, it wasn't to beat Ohio State because Ohio State, I thought, was so far superior. It was to beat everybody else. Get good at beating Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State. Beat everyone else and then give your chance a, a, yourself a chance to lose to Ohio State. Make that game mean something. And right now, say what you want about Ohio State. I think they're really good. Ohio State and Michigan are so far ahead of everybody else in the Big Ten right now. And that's what we've been wanting as Michigan fans for so long. Just get yourself in that conversation. And even if you think there's a gap, let's let's pretend there is. Let's say it's a huge yeah. gap. If it's a huge gap, it's Ohio State, gap, Michigan, large gap. Like it, it is very clear that Michigan is the second best team or the first best team, wherever you want to look at it, a top two team in this big 10 and the next closest. I'm not sure who it is, but there's a gap. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Well, yeah, kind of to, to piggyback off what you kicked off with, you know, Michigan is, I've said it before, Michigan is damned if they do damned if they don't. Right. They go out yes. and close and lose big. <laughs> Excuse me. Then the detractors are going to be like, oh, Michigan, yeah, look at them. You know, another another Wolverine season, uh, you know, classic Wolverine season. They go out and they dominate this game, and it's, then it's, uh, you know, tearing down like, ah, Penn State, they, go, they haven't played nobody. Essentially, 
if you want to be realistic, this is not being me being a homer. Because Notre Dame is looking so pathetic, I mean, Ohio State's schedule is essentially probably not in the, in the rankings or the strength of schedule, but between Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, all their, all their games so far have been, oh, I say Penn State and Ohio State, their, their, their schedule hasn't been the strongest either. So, you know, Michigan went on the road against two opponents that give them fits and the death trap that was Kinnick Stadium. So, I mean, Penn State, you're right. They can go out and, and, and really uh, put on a, a, a strong showing here at the end. <clears throat> but, um, I mean, you, you can't take away what Michigan's done. And, you know, top five rush defense in the country at that time, I mean, it's still impressive, you know, the, the talent that's on that team. Um, and then that was, you know, that led to what I kind of said earlier. You know, Jim Harbaugh's 39-1 and one now going into halftime with, uh, with the lead. And, uh, yeah, I mean, who, I don't care if this team runs pistol, air raid, triple option. If it's working, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think, you know, to, to touch on briefly what you had said, um, Michigan had oh, – I just lost my train of thought there. Okay, doesn't matter. I don't, I don't know. Whatever I was going to say, it <clears throat> is gone. <laughs> so, uh, essentially, I don't know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say something, and then I lost it. So, anyways, back to what we liked. Let's start with that. So, for me, I thought the O-line was fantastic. Um, probably their best performance of the entire year and probably their best performance dating back to Ohio State. Okay? Uh, that's what I was going to talk about, the strength of schedule, but it's irrelevant. Um, so, the I, I just thought the O-line was probably what I needed to see to know that we can – do what we did last year. That's finish this season off strong. And by no means am I, am I predicting a W right now, but I just need to know that we have a chance at a W. And right now I think 100% we do. Um, what I've seen of the offensive line and what I've seen Saturday against what I suspect to be a pretty good Penn state team. Absolute mauling Penn state had, this is the other thing I was going to say, Penn state had given up only 390 some odd yards, less than 400 over the cumulative season. They gave up 418 to Michigan on Saturday. So over the course of the entire year, every opponent that they had played, and Penn State didn't play a slouch of a schedule, okay? They already played on the road at Auburn. They had played Purdue. Less than 400 yards rushing on the season, and we go in and we give them that in a game. It was just – it's not going to be talked about. Penn State's almost going to be frowned upon now, but I just thought that's what I liked, the O-line – really flexing. So what did you like about Michigan's <laughs> performance on Saturday? Yeah. So what I liked was, was the energy, of the locker room, you know, we, you, you touched on a touch on it last year about how the team was different. A lot of the, that leadership came from Abe Hutchinson. And now it's kind of trickled down to Mike Morris. And a lot of the Penn state players were, were talking trash on social media over the week. And Mike Morris had his team ready to go out there and, and do their jawing on the field. And they, that's the ass when we talked about, and so as, as long as you can keep this, you know, trickling down from year in, year out of the mentality of, you know, we're going to go out there and, and, and punch you in the face, metaphorically, of course, uh, that's, that's, you can't ask for anything more than that. So absolutely. Yeah. Penn State, uh, you know, <laughs> was 
said to have thrown peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the Michigan players coming out of halftime. Uh, so uh, there was um, it was actually confirmed they yeah. were uncrustables. Yeah, uncrustables. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, you know, they did their they did their due diligence. But yeah, that's what I like. Can I say something here? Yeah, go ahead. My moniker last year, and you've said it a few times, and I, I was big on this, that this team was different. Yeah. I got mine for 2022. All right. I finally got it. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. This team's the same. Yeah. This team's the same, dude. They are so hungry and so different, so physical, so disciplined, so coachable. What I've seen from this squad is just like an unwavering maturity. I, I don't know, dude. I, I, I find it very hard every week. Before we're gonna get to dislike here in a moment, it's just so hard to find dislikes. Yeah. And may, maybe you can point to the schedule. Fine, whatever. But I can tell you one thing. Brad says this so often. I'm gonna quote him for a second. When a good team plays a bad team. What do you want to see? An ass whooping. Show me you're the best team on the field. That's what Michigan has done every single game. Uh-huh. Every single game. They struggled with Maryland, who's 5-2 and two on the year. I believe their only losses are to Michigan and I think Penn St- or, uh, Michigan State in overtime, right? Didn't Michigan State beat them? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't totally remember, but they've played – Maryland's a pretty good squad. Okay, so outside of that game, dude, Michigan has been dominant in this. This Penn State game was just far and away their most dominant performance of the year. And it was against the best team they played all year. Like, that's what more can you ask for? So my moniker, and I'm going to say it more and more. This team is the same, man. This team is just as good, if not better than 2021. And everybody, you know, I constantly, I'm going to say this too, and I said this today to a a buddy of mine, Ohio State fan, Andrew Brash, if you're listening. I'm sick and tired of hearing people ask the question, is Michigan able to do what they did last year? Like, are they still able to do that? No, 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 no. I'm going to flip the question. Is Ohio State ready to stop what Michigan did last year? Because as of right now, Michigan is more than ready to come into Columbus and run the ball just as dominant as they did last year. Arguably a better passing attack. And the defense, while doesn't have the name variety to some, has been just as good. Yeah. So this team is the same. This team does have the capability to go into Columbus. And I hate to jump so far ahead, but I'm just sick and tired of it. The amount of shit that I've heard this week, and we'll, we'll talk about the, the AP Top 5 later. But as far as the dislike, before I get into this, like I wanted to kind of hammer that home. So disliked, two big plays. Big plays are going to be a killer in any single game you ever play. Biggest thing is kill big plays. Don't let them happen. Obviously, the 60-yard quarterback run, that could have sparked something crazy. And then next thing you know, they turn the ball over for a pick six. That game could have easily 
gone the other way and all of a sudden Penn State wins that game. And we would have literally thought to ourselves, wow, we shot ourselves in the foot. Now, thankfully, this team's the same, dude. And and they were able to bring that energy into the second half and just absolutely obliterate Penn State. But dislike to the big plays, obviously that quarterback run and then the turnover. I just it's it's something that had to be pointed out. Yeah, my, my dislike was actually going to be a 1B and my like uh, in the first half. <clears throat> it, was, it was kind of the ticky-tack penalties came in a few bunches, a uh, few moments in the second half. There was a couple uh, false starts. There was uh, an eligible receiver. And it just – I want to say it was the worst, like I said. There's yeah. not that Michigan's not doing that, you know. They're not doing a lot of bad things, like you said. So – I just have to say the penalties. They had nine, not awful in terms of yardage, but so I, I'll say with that. And you know, it you know, like the the big plays. You take away that fifty yard run or whatever from from Sean Clifford. This the Penn State's running the ball for less than two and a half a carry. So all these running backs that were hyped up, Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, who did score a touchdown after that that long run. I mean, they were held to zilch, dude. So yeah, I mean, just nitpicky here like we've been kind of saying week in week out yeah um more of and i I have a 1a 1b okay one's kind of a joke but also serious um more of I, I don't know when it started i don't know if the michigan fan base really picked up off that 2021 team's energy but these big games in ann arbor in these maze outs if you want to call them that but even the big games in general They've been big time. Like the fan base has really evolved in the last year and a half. And maybe it was literally they needed that COVID year to be like, listen, we're not going to, you're not allowed in the stadium. We're going to need you to come back with some energy because you guys suck. Yeah. Dude, the, the fan base has been loud. They have been interactive. The maze out, I thought for a, for a, um, a noon game, I thought was effective as shit. Like I thought it looked real good. And, you know, Anytime those boys wear the all blues and that place is jam packed with what's quote unquote maze out, it, the fans are unreal. So that's mm-hmm. my that's my one A, my one B. I need to see more of Brad Robbins as inactive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love when Brad Robbins isn't on the field, so it's good to see. Um, you hate to see it because Brad Robbins is a good dude, but sorry, man. Say your ass on the sideline. That's what I want more of. <laughs> what do you got? Yeah, so mine is keep sharpening the blade. Keep pounding the rock until someone could stop you. Outside of Georgia, not a single team has been able to slow them down. And who knows if, I mean, a lot of what ifs. You know, Michigan had a had to get completely derailed on their game plan against uh, the Bulldogs in the Orange Bowl because of how good Georgia was in general. So they, they didn't really have to – they really couldn't run the ball very much. But uh, just just keep fine-tuning the run game. And, you know, Ohio State's defense, you know, we'll see how, as the year goes on, how, the, how much they have improved on defense. Of course, they are pretty good in the rankings right now in terms of scoring defense. I think they're 10th. But, uh, you know – just just wait for November. And uh I think Michigan's in a good spot. And like I said, I think I think this offensive line is better than last year's. So uh just keep just keep moving those guys out of the way. And I hope when we play Michigan State next week, 
God, Jeff, I hope I hope we have them screaming bloody murder. I hope it's 49 nothing. I just run it down their throats, man. Yeah, and I obviously we're not we're not talking really much too much about the Michigan State game, but the, the one thing I will say in a in a, a quick preview here. Um History tells me that this game is going to be really close. My eye test tells me that we should kick the dog shit out of them. Yeah. Um, logically speaking, I think it's somewhere in between. I think Michigan State will play their best game of the whole year. And it probably won't be enough. But I don't want to get into predictions or anything like that. But um, I, I think Michigan, they're still going to have their hands full. I, yeah. I hope. I hope. Obviously, forty nine nothing is in the cards, um, but we know that's probably not realistic. Right. Um, my question for you, and I, and I've kind of touched on it throughout this pod, and you can probably sense the frustration and anger in my voice. Now, I want to start off by saying this: I don't give two shits about the AP poll. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't get all like, I don't get all up in arms over it because it eventually figures itself out. Okay, so it's not really worth discussing or really arguing over. But I do have a bone to pick with the idea that everybody just assumes Michigan's four or even five. Yeah. So this is poses my question to you. You've watched every Michigan game this year. I don't know how much Georgia you've seen or how much Ohio State you've seen or how much Tennessee you've seen or how much Clemson you've seen. But why my question to you is, why do you think everybody just has Michigan four? Why, why, or even five in some cases. What, what is it about Michigan that just people just can't wrap their arms around? You know, I want to say it's just a lot. I think a lot of it is just media bias. And, you know, our, our boys over at the Trippy J podcast, they, they like to talk about how that there's just SEC bias everywhere. And don't get me wrong that the SEC is probably overall probably one of the toughest conferences, right? A lot of the, a lot of the top players in the country go there. But I just think that, people just drink the Kool-Aid of what's ever on Twitter. And you can even make an argument that like, even back to like when Bo Shebrecker was head coach, I think uh, even then, I think Bo had this, even this riff with the big 10 conference commit, uh, the, the commissioners at the time, like there was, there's always like this kind of like, this like un, unseen rivalry or unspoken rivalry, but just between, you know, people buying into Michigan. And maybe it's because, Michigan hasn't been great in their bowl games since the BCS came out. I mean, Michigan's bowl records is below 500. So, I don't know, man. I, I think as long as Michigan goes out and just takes care of their business, I think they're I think they're going to be in the four, top four regardless. You know, going undefeated is very tough. But uh, you go undefeated, people can't poke holes in you. Yeah, like even Joe Klatt, who I absolutely love, he's probably my favorite college football analyst. Um, he often speaks, I don't want to say he speaks in absolutes, but every time he's in reference to the college football playoffs or, you know, what a potential national championship would look like, he uses Ohio state as his example. Yeah. Like, it's just the idea that Michigan could, could be one or two in this country seems to be so, um, distant for people. Like they just can't like. No, that's not the case. And like my my biggest argument is, so I I totally get that Ohio State is talented and they're very good and they probably have the best quarterback in the nation. All that's fine and dandy. 
So what about that team though? Have, have, what have they seen that tells you they're far and away better than Michigan, the team that actually beat their ass last year? You know what I mean? Like Michigan returned to their entire offense. Ohio state really, they lost two first round pick wide receivers. Yeah, they got good ones. Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably the best <laughs> wide receiver in the country. So they arguably have the best wide out. But at the same token, it's like, I don't know. It, you know, Tennessee beats Alabama, and that's a great win. Don't get me wrong. That's a great win. But they jumped Michigan, and Michigan beat Penn State. Tennessee struggled with lots of teams this year. Okay? And, you know, Georgia, two weeks in a row, they almost lost to Kent State, and then they struggled with another team. I don't even remember who it is at this point. Clemson, they beat a couple of ranked teams, but at this point, they're not they're not going to be challenged. The ACC is so weak at the bottom. Yeah. It's just the whole thing to me that everybody just consensusly agrees Michigan is a, a fourth or fifth or even sixth place team, depending on who you ask. But I almost never see them up there. I did see a couple of Ohio State accounts on Twitter, and I, re- I either liked them or retweeted them. But um, people that are, you know, some Buckeyes that are actually sticking up for Michigan, they're like, Okay, like this is a fucking squad. Like yeah. nobody's talking about Michigan unless it's in the well, they haven't played anybody. Like <laughs> just like the whole concept to me is just really silly. Like you can't get a single person, you can't find anybody that's not a Michigan insider or a Michigan thumper or a Michigan fan that has Michigan in the top two or three. There's not a soul out there that has that. Yeah. Everybody is picking Ohio State, Georgia. Uh, Tennessee, Bama. I, there's probably people that still think Bama's better than Michigan today, and maybe they are. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, but um, I'm just annoyed by it. I figured I'd ask you what your opinion was. Yeah, I, I, a lot of it. A lot of the concerning Ohio State of you know being being touted out there is you know they're flashy. You know, C.J. Stroud's got 24 touchdown passes in the season's only halfway done, and Michigan's school record's 25 in a season. So I, it's just flashy toys. Bama is going to get the love regardless because of what Nick Saban's done. Maybe, you know, maybe that's the feeling or, you know, maybe Georgia is defending national champions. Maybe they just kind of get the shoe in at, at, uh, at this point in time. But again, like I said, Michigan, all you got to do is go out and just take care of their business and, and, you know, F the haters, man. Everybody understand this is what, you know, Utah with two losses this past weekend was favored against USC. Now, mind you, it was a home game. But they were favored because it was a bad matchup. Utah had the opportunity to possess the ball and keep USC off the field and run it down their throats. And with all that being said, they would present a challenge. Anybody that doesn't think that Michigan has the ability to match up with Ohio State, it's it's just wild to me. You know, I said this to another friend today. Michigan might lose to Ohio State. But anybody that thinks Ohio State's dropping 40, not a chance. I don't think they're going to have the the opportunity to. Michigan's game plan 100% is to to possess the ball, to, to be ball dominant, to get after the passer. And yeah, Ohio State might have some long drives and they might score. Maybe there's a big play here or there, but I I don't see the time of possession there for Ohio state in order to drop 40 or 50 or hang a hundred on them, you know, any of that stuff. And that's where I I keep, you know, coming back. Like 
I just think Michigan needs to be included a little bit more, and maybe they will by the end of the year, but just funny to me, all the bias. Um, anything else before we hit the mailbag? Um, not much. Outside of uh, James Franklin, or the news broke or a couple of beat writers came out of, over the last few hours. James Franklin was pissed and moaning about Michigan's tunnel setup, and you know I alluded to earlier with the peanut butter jelly sandwiches being tossed yeah. at, uh, at Michigan. So, yeah, James Franklin, um, use a hoe. He's over here, you know, running his mouth. So, if any Michigan fans haven't seen it yet, go on Twitter. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. He sounded off, and I guess when they were in the tunnel, he was yelling at Jim Harbaugh or whatever about, you know, Michigan's feistiness. But that happens every single time with uh, with Ohio State at halftime. So, you know, cry me a river, buddy. Yeah, I, I find it hilarious that a tunnel that has been around for 95 years. Yeah. And just recently got renamed Lloyd Carr Tunnel. Shout out Lloyd Carr. Um, a tunnel that has so much prestige, tradition, everything. It's been around literally longer than all of us have been alive. James Franklin thinks that he's going to get that situation changed. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> I mean, literally, get out of here with that trash. Here's an idea. How about you train your team to be more physical in your two-week, bi-week, all right? Then next time you come to Ann Arbor, you'll have some shit to talk. Because yeah. we whooped your ass last year in State College. We whooped your ass this year in Ann Arbor. It don't matter. You're moving backwards. We're moving forwards. Mailbag. Ready? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. First question comes in from Jamie Lato. He says, seeing how the team rallies behind Mike Hart, would you offer him a head coach in waiting? I would like to see him be the offensive coordinator when Wise and Moore move on. What's your opinions on right there? Yeah, well, I said last year that I thought, you know, Michigan would savor him now because I feel like he could, he could be an offensive coordinator somewhere else. Um, you know, maybe he does move up. You know, I, I like continuity. I would like for either Wise or Moore to stay on. As long as things are clicking, I don't like change too much. Uh, but he's not going to be a running backs coach forever. Um, but I don't know about head coach and winning at U of M. Is that what Jamie's getting at? Yeah, I, I do think. And again, I don't know a ton about that stuff, but wasn't Ryan Day kind of offered that gig at Ohio State when Urban was there, and that's why they gave it to him? Is that? I mean, I mean, maybe, but you know, I, I just, um, I, I, I don't see him being a head coach at Michigan. I mean, Jim Harbaugh. You know, Lord help us. Hopefully, he doesn't fiddle with the NFL again in the offseason. But as long as Jim Harbaugh, I, I just see, I see at least another five, six years of Jim Harbaugh at least. So um, after him and the Vikings didn't agree on the deal, he basically said, "I'm here for the long haul now." He could, yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Hart went to maybe Big Ten, maybe do a Mac, and became a head coach. But offensive corner, he could. I mean, if if Weiss and Moore, you know keep improving maybe in two, three years, those guys are gone. So yeah, time will tell. I do think there's an element of, and I know you said you don't think he's going to be a running best coach forever. And I'm not saying I, I agree or disagree, but I do think there's an element of being at your alma mater, coaching the position that you know best and being paid heavily yeah, and having success. Um, all those things equate to Brian Hartline, wide receivers coach at Ohio State, who is arguably the best receivers coach in the entire country. He's recruiting at the highest level of anybody in the entire country at any position. Um, 
I think Mike Hart could could maybe reach that level when it comes to running backs, especially with what he has already done. Yeah. In the in the one season he had Hassan Haskins, in the two seasons he's had Blake Corum, in the two seasons he's had Donovan Edwards, I think you've seen elite running back play out of all three of those guys. And they're very high on CJ Stokes coming through um as the third option still as well. So I'm not saying that I that I disagree with what you're saying. He could be a head coach at a max school, but I do think there is an element of he's making good money. Probably he's making head coach money at a max school if I had to uh, assume um that you know Mike Hart's probably making a couple million dollars one or two million maybe I I don't know I don't know if you know his salary or not but um well well, let me say this so like right now Fred Jackson who was under Lloyd Carr uh, as a running backs coach yeah he's he's the interim right now so when Mike Hart went down on sidelines in Indiana you know Fred Jackson stepped in whatever he's an offensive analyst so yeah so Fred Jackson started at uh, Michigan in 1992 as a running backs coach, and he bounced between running backs and OC and assistant head coach all the way up until 2014. Went to Ypsilanti to be a head coach there at the high school, and now he's back again. So I mean, maybe maybe Mike Hart, like you said, maybe he's content with being a running backs coach at his alma mater. You know, Fred Jackson, uh, I'm looking at right now. He he went to Jackson State, so he's not here at his alma mater, but he's been under the block M for literally ever. So. You know, maybe that is what maybe that becomes the case. So let me spell this out. So 2021 Hart's first year in in at Michigan, he yeah. made 400, 415,000. Yeah. Okay. This year he got a raise to 500,000. Okay. And just for comparison, because I just got done mentioning Brian Hartline, who I think is the best, um, arguably the best assistant in the entire country, as far as like recruiting goes. Hartline's Hartline's entering his fifth season Ohio State's receiving coach. The salary that he got is now nine hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, that was a three hundred fifty thousand dollar increase. He made six hundred last year, so that's up until twenty twenty four. Now Brian Hartline has had six five star receivers. I think recruit under it's something stupid. You know Harrison Junior is one of those guys. Um, and he's he's recruiting, coaching, and developing at a astronomical level. Yeah, I think Mike Hart has the opportunity to do that, and if he did, I think he could see that same contract. Yeah, yeah. and you know if he's okay with that, and then you know obviously Hartline just recently took over. I hate that I know so much about this guy, but he just took over. You know, a I believe it was offensive assistant role. That's something that Hart could easily take over or offensive coordinator as, as Jamie's alluding to here. Um, but as far as head coach awaiting, cause that is his, it is his question. I don't know that you can do that. Assuming that Harbaugh isn't going to leave at least in the next couple of years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, they give him, they bump him up to around a mill, make some Brian Hartland money. I think, it, yeah, I think it'd be good. Yeah, Michigan's got that kind of money. They they should and probably will easily do that. Um, next question is from Brad. I'd love to hear a short discussion on the average strength this season of the Big 12 and Texas's remaining schedule. I'm pulling up Texas's schedule right now. But what is your initial reaction to the question as far as the 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 Big 12 goes? What what do you think as far as as far as them overall. 
Yeah. Because obviously, obviously we know the top's real good. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely from Kansas up, who's 2-2 two two in the conference right now. Kansas was obviously was on a hot start. Um, yeah, yeah, the Big Ten has definitely shown out. And, you know, while Oklahoma's kind of dropped, Kansas has kind of picked up the, the rock here a little bit. And, you know, they got four four teams in the top 25. Excuse me. Defense, the Big 12 defenses are still the Big Ten 12 defenses, but they got a lot of firepower on, on offense. And I think uh, four teams – traditionally make the college football landscape better when they're good. One of them being Texas. And so Texas continues to elevate themselves, especially with Quinn Ewers. I I would like to see Texas start, you know, get back to that Colt McCoy, Vince Young era where they're competing for the national championship. Because like I said, that's the other one. I think Miami, the Hurricanes, Michigan, and uh, USC. I think those, I think those four teams make the college football uh, world better. And so Texas Longhorns, man, they, they got a gauntlet coming up here, their next three games, but uh, they definitely are trending up. Yeah, so as far as what they've done this year, they beat UL Monroe uh, week one, 52-10. Week two, hosting Alabama, they lost 20-19. to Obviously, we know Ewers was out in that game. There were some questionable ref calls late. Um, UT, UTSA, they beat them 41-20 in week three. Then they dropped a true road game. Obviously, Ewers is out at Texas Tech, 37-34 in overtime. To be honest, that's that's suspected at that point. You know, I, I'm, I'm not even shocked by that loss because obviously you lose your quarterback and you're kind of in coast mode. Um, then they beat West Virginia, 38-20. <coughs> then Ewers is back for the uh, Red River rivalry. They dominate 49-0 over Oklahoma uh, last week. Obviously, after a big emotional um, rivalry game, they kind of struggled with Iowa State 24-21. But now, the remaining schedule, this gets nasty. Yeah. This week, at number 11, Oklahoma State. The following week, they have a bye. The following week, November 5th, at Kansas State, number 17 in the country. The following week. They're home against number eight undefeated TCU at undefeated as of now. The following week, they're at Kansas, who was ranked for two weeks there for a minute. And then they close out with Baylor at home. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, if Texas wins those games, mark my words, and I'll, I'll give a spoiler to the next question. We won't read it yet, but I think Texas would win the Big 12. I think they could. I think they're going to drop. I think they can win at Kansas strictly because of their offense. I think that would be a complete barn burner. I think it'd be a classic Big 12 game where it's 50 to 40 or something like that. But I think they're going to drop one either this uh, weekend coming up or at uh, or, or versus uh, TCU. I know that game yeah. is tough. I mean, I see one loss at least, maybe two, but I think they're going to be competitive regardless. Okay, so you're not that high on Texas this year. No, I I see a, a very good bright future, and even when I say that they'll drop one or two games, I think it's going to be nip talk. I think they're going to be still, you know, at a high level. Okay. Uh, next question from Jared, um, one of the hosts of the Trippy J Pod, as you brought up earlier, conference champ predictions, playoff predictions. Um. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first. I'll, I'll, I'll give let's, you my. Let's do this. Let Let's go conference champ back and forth. 
Okay. Let's start with the let's start with the Big Twelve. I actually have Texas. Okay. I have, and you want me to go with Big Twelve as well? Yeah. I got TCU. TCU, and they're my two. Okay. Because I have them playing Texas in the Big Twelve championship. Okay. Winner would obviously go. I think Texas wins that game, but we'll find out. You know, obviously. And here's the thing: Texas could drop their matchup. Um, it's a home game. I don't know. I, I like Texas regardless. We won't get too much more. Um, what about the pack? I got UCLA. They're my second. I differ. I think USC. I, I think USC, they got challenged. Um, Utah was a tough challenge, but there's the thing that USC struggles with is kind of like when teams can run the ball on them, and UCLA will be able to run the ball on them. Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, yeah, but it looked like USC was able to kind of handle it, and their offense is just so nasty that they can compete. Um, I'll take USC, but I could easily see it being UCLA. And UCLA, I'll tell you what, I never would have thought. I thought they were a good team last year. Not great, but good. Yeah, I never thought they'd be elite so quick. They're elite. They're real good. Uh, ACC. Uh, I got Clemson. Same. I, and yeah. I, to be honest, I don't think they lose again. Probably not. So probably a lock for the college football playoffs. So to, to your question, Jared, there's one pencil it in Clemson's in. Okay. What, what seed to be honest, it's hard to even predict seeds because the fucking college football playoffs will do whatever they want to make it kind of rigged in a way because they literally jumbled it last year so that Bama and Georgia could not meet in the first round like they were supposed to. But anyways, uh, SEC. I got the balls. I got the balls. Georgia, I know, is is up there at one in most polls, but they have not looked very great. And again, they might be sleepwalking against weaker opponents. I don't know. Their defense, I mean, on the scoreboard, probably closer than it looks. But um, Tennessee's on fire. They got momentum, and I, I, I don't see Georgia getting by Tennessee. So, Georgia has not really played too many teams this year, but I can't get out of my head what I watched them do to Oregon week one because I think that's their potential. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oregon's a good squad. They're going to play UCLA this weekend, and that's going to be a really good game. They dominated them 49-3. to um, At South Carolina, South Carolina is not a great team, but that's a, that's a power five team, 48-7. Then they sleepwalk against Kansas State, or Kent State, sorry, Kent State. They struggle at Missouri. They get back on, you know, to their winning ways, and they dominate Auburn. They dominate Vanderbilt. They're on a bye this week. Then we're going to find out a lot about them. Home against Florida. Home November 5th in a, in a barn burner against Tennessee. Okay. At Mississippi State. At and Mississippi State's ranked as of today. Um, at Kentucky, who was ranked. And then Georgia Tech. So really they have, and Florida's a good team. They're not great, but they're good. One, two, three, four good teams out of five remaining on their schedule. We're going to find out a lot about them. I think they are the top tier of the SEC, but I could very easily see somehow, some way, Bama sneaks back in there. Obviously, if Georgia beats Tennessee and then Bama beats Georgia in the SEC title game, 
I think that's how that would work out. But I do have Georgia as winning the SEC. I think they are. I think they're the best team. But it, that's a true three-way, in my opinion. Any yeah. three of the, any three of those guys could easily get in. Yeah, and we'll find out. We'll find out pretty soon if Ole Miss is for real. They got to they got to play Bama still. So, yeah. Um, Big Ten. I'll let you go first. The block M dog. Okay, yeah, let's fucking go. I agree. And, and here's the thing: chalk up the winner of Ohio State, Michigan. Okay, but this is a Michigan pod, and from what I've seen, I 100% Michigan. I think Michigan has 100% the ability to go in and beat Ohio State. I'm not guaranteeing victory. I just think they can. I've seen everything I need to see. So, um, with that being said, Michigan, Georgia, Clemson, USC, Texas, you had Michigan, Tennessee, Clemson, UCLA, TCU. Who's your final four? All right. So I had fun with this one, right? This isn't completely serious. I know maybe, maybe Jared's like, man, I want some, I want, I want you the brass tacks. I had a little fun with this one. So where do you want me to start? You want me to give you my all four, four to one, one to four? Uh, doesn't matter the rankings. Cause like I said, college football playoffs, they, they'll throw whatever the fuck they want. So give okay. me your four. All right. My four is Georgia. Okay. My three is Ohio state. Okay. My two is Michigan. Okay. And my number one is the Tennessee volunteers. So Clemson's out, even though they're undefeated. Correct. Interesting. I have, like I said, I had fun with this one. So yeah, Tennessee goes out and win the SEC. I feel like they're going to be number one. So I'll ride that to my grave. And you know, Georgia is is still probably going to be good enough to where if they lose once, I think they'll drop back. If they have two losses, give me Clemson at four. But if Georgia's only got one loss, I'll I'll put them at four, and then. Like I said, I have fun with this one. Maybe we see Michigan State rematch. So I have Clemson at 12 and 0, Georgia at 12 and 0, Michigan at 12 and 0, Ohio State 11 and 1. Obviously, no big, big 10 title game for them. And I think they would be the best one loss team. And that would get them in. So. We kind of agree. I have Clemson in over you at Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee at one. Yeah. Yeah. So I have Clemson in over them because I do think an undefeated Clemson team is one hundred percent in. Yeah. I don't. I don't see how they can't be, especially because they haven't. Wake Forest is solid. NC State is solid. Florida State's just under solid. They have good wins. Yeah. Shockingly, they have good wins. Um. Yeah, I, I, I've been saying this for a long time. If Michigan and Ohio State have the opportunity, whoever wins that game, to then play again in the in the college football playoffs, that rating, yeah, would be so sick. Yeah, oh yeah, so sick. Um, back to the mailbag. I think there was one more question. Yeah, so what I have, uh about the stadium yes so which stadium look would you rather roll out for ohio state so you got the blue and maize striped or a blue out and then i'll throw the maize out in there too um while i think the maize out's effective it's already been done twice this year the blue out is intriguing yeah it's very intriguing because you'd almost have to wear the all maize jerseys at that point yeah 
Okay. But I do think the stripe out is cool, except I love what Corey said. Did you hear, see his comment? Yeah. If they actually only took one side of the stadium and did yeah. stripes and the rest blue, it would look like the Michigan helmet. Yep. I really dig that. I think that'd be a kick-ass photo. For sure. Absolutely. And it doesn't even matter what jerseys they wear at that point. Like, who cares? Yeah. Um. All I know is I've been a big component of maize jersey blue pants, and I think that would look dope with the maize blue stripes. Yeah. Stadium. Yeah. What? Well, obviously, you posted this. What are your feelings here? I feel like I'll split this up. I would prefer blue out for like a September game, maybe the first Big Ten conference game at home under the lights, blue out. Okay. During daytime, I would mind the uh, the every other the, the stripe. Yeah. Yeah. A day game, like like if they play. This past weekend against Penn State during the day, I would like that. But at nighttime in September, I'd do blue. Yeah. Um, that's it for the mailbag. I have a couple of week eight games. Unless you have something else you gotta get to. No, let's do it. Okay. Um, let's start here. Number fourteen, Syracuse, undefeated Syracuse, who we haven't even really talked about too much. At number five, Clemson. This is another test for Clemson. I just talked about all the tests they've already had. This is another one. This is big. Um, who you got here? I got I got Clemson. I I, got, I feel like they go undefeated. Uh, get sh- uh, shafted on the on the the four spot college football playoff. But uh, Syracuse is playing well. Might be close early. Clemson Clemson might win this game. Kind of. I know. I want to say they had an ugly win earlier this year, but I feel like Clemson will probably let it get a little too close. I think it was against Boston College. It was probably should have been uh, farther and differential, but um, I got Clemson in a close one. I agree. Clemson as well. I just think they're too much for Syracuse. They they recruit at such a high level there, you know, in in Clemson, and they're coached well. They have a solid quarterback play. Um, Syracuse is just going to be outmatched here. Number 20, Texas at Oklahoma State, number 11 in the country. Where are you going here? Like I said, I think Texas is going to drop one or two. Texas has got – they're favored by six here. They they let Iowa State get a little too close to them this past week, and I think they take the L here. I think Oklahoma State uh, beats them. So Oklahoma State undefeated before this past weekend. They lose to TCU, and they kind of swap spots. But I think it's enough of a downer. Texas is coming into this game hot with viewers. They played big against Oklahoma, and I think they'll play big here. Give me Texas on the road here in this one. Uh, Moving on here, we have number nine, UCLA. That is insane to even say. At Oregon, number 10 in the country, Chip Kelly returning to Eugene. College game day is going to be here for this one. This is probably the biggest matchup of the day because UCLA is undefeated, because Oregon's only got one loss, and it's to a dominant Georgia team. I know you're big on UCLA. Where are you going here? Uh, I'm going to go use UCLA. Uh, neither of these teams really play good defense. I think it's going to be, you know, obviously high-scoring fair, but uh, I'll, I'll take the Bruins here. I know the the Ducks are favored by six, but, you know, I, I doubted UCLA at the beginning of the year, and they, they took down my Washington Huskies. Yeah. I'll take them here. Yeah, I think this is a very, very big game for UCLA because obviously 
having to go to Eugene to play this Oregon team, obviously Chip Kelly formerly coaches there. Um, Eugene's a tough place to play for any, any team. Um, and when Oregon is in the, in the top 10, they're usually pretty good. They're one losses to Georgia. I actually like Oregon to pick up the W here in an upset. Um, UCLA, I do think at the end of the day is good. I don't think they're as good as USC. And ultimately I take Oregon here in an upset. Number 24, Mississippi state at Bama number six in the country. Fun <clears throat> fact. The last two years, Alabama has lost a game in the regular season. The next week, they've had to play Mississippi State, and they've throttled them. Nothing changes here. They throttle Mississippi State, pissed <laughs> off that they just lost a game for the third year in a row. Absolutely. I'm going to go blow out uh, towards Bama. You're going to lay the pipe here, and Nick Saban is, is probably going to be Nick Saban at halftime. Quit asking, right? <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, they they do business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last game here. This is a big one too. Number seventeen, Kansas State, one loss on the year, traveling to TCU to play the eighth ranked Horn Frogs. TCU has been really impressive at home in this spot. It's hard to pick against them. Give me TCU. Uh, Samesies, man. It's uh, minus three and a half. I, I'm gonna take TCU to cover that. Cool. Hold so on, that's real quick, real go ahead. Quick. TCU's quarterback. I just looked at it. 16, yes. 16 touchdowns on the year, only one pick. Correct. That is correct. And he was benched to start the year um, for a younger kid, and that kid got hurt. He's now come in, and he's been fantastic. Um, I believe this is actually maybe his fifth year. I just heard a story about this on the Joe Clapp podcast. I forget his name. What's his name? Max something? I'm not sure. No, the quarterback for TCU. Do you have his name? Max? Uh, Max Dugan. Max Dugan. So during COVID in 2020, um, obviously kids are taking blood tests, or uh, not blood tests, but like COVID tests and stuff like that. Well, schools around the country were making these kids take these heart exams, okay, to make sure they weren't basically making these kids do something that was bad for them. Yeah. Well, it turns out that Max, they found something in his heart. They took him off the football team. They made him go get this obviously fixed. Um, I'm not saying they like this thing like saved his life, but it was a situation that he had his whole life. Yeah. Um, he had to have some surgeries done and some, you know, obviously to come back to the team. And now that he's back, as soon as he comes back, he gets benched. Yeah. Right. And that quarterback then gets hurt. Then they're like, well, Max, I know we benched you, but we need you now. He comes in, and as you just alluded to, 16 touchdowns, one interception. It's one of the stories in college football. I was unaware of it until I heard Klatt's podcast this week. Um, yeah, fun story, but give me TCU here against Kansas State. Um, that's all I have for today. Obviously, we're going to do the Michigan State pod next week, predicting that game. We'll talk, obviously, the recap of this week, and we'll talk the – the following week of college football, some big games. We'll post another mailbag as far as the, the Michigan State one goes. But anything else you want to say about Penn State, um, college football playoff, this week's games, mailbag, anything you got? Um, I got nothing else, man. But th this is just a shame enough to be one of the, the funnest years of college football in, in a long time. I know last year was fun for us, too, because of how it ended. But, yeah, yeah we have we have a lot of good teams. And, you know, last, last week we had a ton of undefeateds. Now we don't. So yeah, it's getting down to the nitty gritty, man. Sorry. 
And yeah, you know, garbage. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, like like I said, you know, but to start the pod, this is one of the best football weekends I've had in a very long time. Both my teams won big. I won some money gambling. Um, I went three zero in fantasy football. Uh, I got promoted. Like literally, what a great weekend! And I hope it continues. Um, you know, Michigan's going to be on a bye this week and the Patriots don't play till Monday. So it's going to feel like a really weird weekend for me, but, um, I'm digging what Michigan's bringing to the table. Uh, this team's the same, man. This team yep. is the same. Yep. Michigan fans keep an eye. Uh, Michigan state hype video will be dropping some point probably this weekend. I'm doing the little final touches on it and, uh, you know, it's all for clout, right? But, uh, yeah, if you yeah. Can, or just not listening to this, whatever, go to YouTube and, and search for Maze Rage 86. I've I made dozens of hype videos, whatever. <coughs> I stopped doing it, but last year I got back into uh, the good uh, the good vibes that uh, Maze of Blue were putting out, so I have a few of them. And uh, even if even though the game ended, obviously, uh, I think the Michigan Ohio State uh, prelude last year, I think that's probably my best one of all time, and that gives me goosebumps that I made it. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy it, but yeah, keep an eye out on the Real Talk page because this weekend she's dropping. <clears throat> yeah, so it won't be in the link to this episode, but the Michigan State episode, I will add the hype video in the in the link. So if you listen to next week episode and you have yet to watch the hype video, I'm sure we'll plug it again, but it will also be in the link to this episode as well, so you'll be able to see it directly from there. Um, that's all we got. Thanks for listening. Go Blue, we're out. Real talk. Go Blue.